0: You are Locked On 49ers. Your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers Monday edition, back with Eric Crocker breaking down your San Francisco 49ers week two with the co-host i'm loving this croc how are you feeling so far getting into the groove with locked on 49ers i know the listeners are excited like the feedback has been almost 100 there was like one guy like literally hundreds of people have been just like this is awesome this is the best <laughs> thing ever congrats croc congrats peacock this is cool i love it one guy was like eh, me uh, he's gonna have to grow on me that was one person out of everybody like it's almost 100 did you see did you see my response croc. to him no i didn't
1: so i responded to him and i just said like you know If you can send me a a DM and just let me know, like, where can I improve? Because, you know, that's one thing about like, you know, especially being a professional athlete. And I still try to take that mindset with everything that I do. I need the constructive criticism or how am I going to get better? So, you know, I asked him, like, you know, what areas do you think I need to improve on, you know, so that I can grow on you? And he was like, oh, I'll let you know after like six episodes. But like if there's something that I'm already doing this is number six, this is the sixth
0: episode. Perfect. So after this, you should, uh, you should get a lengthy email from him breaking everything down. Uh, I don't know who it was that said it, but uh, thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, yeah, if you didn't like Croc already, he's definitely going to grow on you because just the knowledge and the work he puts in and the passion he brings, unless it's something like, you know, I don't like his face. That might be a little bit more difficult, but uh, we're not on video yet. Anyway, there's only the one intro video that we did on the Croc Talk TV crossover. So we don't have to worry about that yet. (laughs)
1: yeah maybe Uh, once once we start going live more i might have to trim the beard down a little bit no i never used to be able to grow a beard but now
0: you got a good looking beard man that's yeah you're you're doing okay i it's runs my family like everybody who becomes an adult in my family like years and years generations back for some reason always has (laughs) has a beard and i never really thought i was going to be a beard guy and i kind of grew a beard one day and it just has been on my face
1: since then my wife won't let me cut mine so
0: oh really she likes it okay that's good Mine's a shorter beard though. I'm, not, I'm never going to be one of those that grows like the big, you know, to the middle of your chest beard. That's a, that's a little excessive and and kind of dirty. Right.
1: <laughs> I had a, a coach, uh, when I was in junior college, he wasn't going to cut his beard until we won a game. Right. Like that was his thing. He started like once we went and we lost like eight straight games. So <laughs> his beard got like all thick and his wife hated, said it smelled like food. And, uh, Yeah, so, yeah, mine mine won't get that long, but I know he definitely had some issues with it once it started getting longer.
0: (laughs) Uh, We are going to dip into the mailbag and hear from some listeners on today's show. I'm also going to play a little excerpt from last week's Peacock and Williamson gave everybody a chance to go hear the whole episode, and you can always go back and hear it. We had Aaron Freeman of Locked On Falcons on the program and talking about the Julio Jones saga, when it could end, what Julio's, the return for Julio could be, what teams make sense, and I'll play a little bit of that talking about uh, Julio Jones and what kind of player he still is, according to a guy that has seen all of his career in Aaron Freeman, the host of Locked on Falcons, and by the way, we recorded this before the weekend because I'm going to be out of town, I'm hanging out with one of my good buddies who's uh, had a birthday, and we are going to hang out in Lake Tahoe, so if Julio Jones already got traded like Sunday night and we're not talking about it, then. Then that is why. But, but Croc, I don't think we were too far off with our second rounder, than maybe a, a future conditional type of a fourth. It's sounding like that that could be the type of deal that gets it done. So I think we were right on with that.
1: Yeah, and that's what I would expect. For you know, I think a lot of people again they're not looking at the circumstances of it. Right, thirty, you know, about to be thirty-two years old, coming off of a season where he missed, you know, seven games. kind of take into consideration the contract. You know, you start to put together all those things and the fact that they're trying to get underneath the cap. What's the value of that? And when you, you know, what do I absolutely have to give up? And I would try to give up as little as possible because I'm taking on something that you don't want.
0: I think also the market is going to be lower than teams just willing to say, yeah, I'll give up blank for Julio Jones because... Not only do you have to be willing to want to go trade for Julio Jones, you also have to have the cap space to be able to bring him on. And Julio Jones has a say in this. We heard him talk; like he, it's not like he's going to just show up to any old team if he gets traded to the Jaguars. You know, good luck getting right. him to to camp, right? So it has to be a team that's. Going to win a team that Julio says, Yeah, that's the team I want to go play for because, and who knows, maybe he's going to be asking for another contract anyway before the three years of this current deal is up. So there's a lot of factors here. And I think that really shrinks the pool of teams that the Falcons could legitimately trade him to.
1: And I think really what messed him up, I think everybody just thinks when they hear him say, Oh, I ain't going back to Atlanta, I think a lot of people thought it started there. But if you remember back pre draft, right before the draft or the day before the draft, the GM, the new GM came out and said, we're open to dealing him, and it, so now it's this is just extra, you know. So it's like they they want to get rid of him. It's not a player that's you know Jalen Ramsey, where it's like, well, I'm disgruntled and I want to leave. Atlanta wants to get rid of Julio Jones too for specific reasons, and I think that's why you also might not see them get as much you know capital back as most people would expect.
0: Hopefully, it did not happen Sunday, as uh, we were recording this Monday podcast earlier. But really, the question I posed to Aaron Freeman pertains to any team that ends up trading for Julio Jones. Let's just hope if it's not the 49ers, it's also not the Rams or the Seahawks. Real quick, there were some observations from OTAs by Matt Barrows. And since you are the the swag god, the the drip daddy, at least of this podcast, Croc, I want to ask you, who had it right? Garoppolo wearing white tights? Trey Lance wearing red tights? Nate Sudfeld with the black tights or Josh Rosen no tights.
1: I would have to see Sudfield's cleats. So, so if, if his cleats were black and he had the all black on and, and the sock and okay, then he wins. Okay, I do like you know just to kind of you know more offset things. Trey Lance with the red tights, um, you know he did have the white cleats and the white kind of like ankle socks and that, that, that's fine. What I did not like is Garoppolo. With the all black practice stuff on, and then the white tights and white socks and white cleats. Oh, yeah, Not a fan weird. of that. I yeah. was not a fan of that.
0: It's like half and half. It's like the the bottom half from a different person than the top half with the with the black. Jerseys <laughs> yeah. So
1: I I, I like the, the 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 red tights was a little bit more aesthetically pleasing, uh, if I had to say.
0: Okay, cool. I, I've got some numbers questions for you too later on in the podcast. But next, let's get to Aaron Freeman and an excerpt from Peacock and Williamson talking about what a team is getting in Julio Jones. Bet online is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports, action, baseball season in full swing. You can track all of that all summer long. So many games to bet on, putting together some parlays I like to do with baseball games. It makes for a fun evening of ball. You get a, an early game, a late game, maybe a, an over-under in there somewhere. There's UFC, MMA action, obviously, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. Some goofy celebrity boxing matches, (laughs) of course, you can get on that action as well. So before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline. Use your laptop, mobile device, whatever you want to check out all the great sporting news and sign-up bonuses with contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Head over to BetOnline.ag. Get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code locked on, Bet BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, to set this up, this is from Thursday's Peacock and Williamson NFL show. You should go back and listen to the whole conversation. Learned a lot talking to Aaron Freeman about the Falcons, where they're at, and what it could look like with the Julio Jones trade. But specifically this question was, how good is he now? How good is he at this age with the lower body injuries he's gone through? What is the team getting exactly in Julio Jones currently? Look, Brian, I, I
2: understand as the host of Lockdown 49ers, you're, you're just trying to get some inside information. on, on whether or not. You <laughs> I'm wondering forward. if that
0: second and conditional fourth is going to get it done. That's what that's what Crocker and I have come <laughs> up with for you. So
2: I, I understand where you're coming from. You, you, you got to get this uh, inside information while you can. Uh, I think Julio Jones is still one of the best receivers in the NFL. I think it, for many, many years, he was obviously, I'm a, maybe a little biased, but clearly the best wide receiver in the league. I don't think you can really make that case as much. I think, you know, he's... Basically, what I would say is he's probably lost the championship belt, but he's still contending to to retain that belt. So I still think he's one of the five or six best wide receivers in the NFL. The main issue with Julio Jones last year was the injuries. I think some of that is owed to the Falcons not doing a great job managing his injury situation last year, unlike they had done the previous four years where they didn't really give him rest in the summer uh, with that hamstring injury, because I think they were kind of desperate without the preseason to try to get AJ Terrell their number 1 pick as ready as possible and they wanted to get him as many reps going up against Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley in practice as possible and, th- and that led to Julio not getting as much rest and that then exacerbated his hamstring injury as we got into the season. So any team that acquires Julio Jones is going to have to manage him. That's going to be include, you know, basically giving him the summer off, preseason off. That's going to include, you know, rest days on Wednesdays and practice weeks or whatever the case may be. And, and limited practice reps maybe on Fridays as well. Um, But you know, he's a gamer. He's, he's definitely going to come through to you on Sundays. Um, And he's going to bring a lot of value, not only as a, you know, receiver at all levels um, you know, being that explosive playmaker that defenses have to deal with. He's still that guy that is going to demand double coverage because no defensive coordinator wants to go into Sunday and being like, hey, Julio Jones beat us. Like your goal is to basically contain him as much as possible and let somebody else on the offense beat you. And if that happens and you say, okay, well, you know, it it is what it is, but I'm not going to let that one guy that we know can beat us, beat us. So I think he still is capable of playing at that high level um, and still being you know, a, a receiver that you can expect this upcoming season to get you 1,200 to 1,400 yards um, and then probably hereafter probably get you 1,000-plus for the next two or three years. So I think he's still a high-level receiver, but in terms of being like the guy, the number one guy in the league, the number two or three guy in the league, he's probably not that guy, but he's probably like the number six or seven guy in the league. So I don't think too many teams would be complaining about having a, a receiver of that caliber.
0: I got one last thing on Julio too. And and just his legacy. And the more I think about him and he's in the news so much, and I've said this a couple times, I think Rice and Moss are the only two I'm taking over him all time.
2: Yeah. I I, I was thinking about this the other day, Matt, similar. I, I feel like you can really make a strong case that he's one of the three best wide receivers that we've yeah. ever seen. Um, You know, I, I'm sure some Detroit fans are not happy not having Calvin Johnson in that conversation, but I, I really think that's, ultimately the legacy that Julio Jones has that you can put him in the conversation as one of the best receivers that we've ever seen play this game. Um, And, you know, that's a a rare situation. And when I think back of my memories of watching the Falcons, these last 10 years, so many of them are Julio Jones making amazing plays and amazing catches and whatnot. And so it's hard on a personal level, having had so much of, your time watching this football team tied to this one player that now you're faced with the sort of existential crisis of not having that opportunity anymore. And I knew this day was coming, but I did not expect this day to happen in 2021. I still (laughs) thought I had like maybe six or more months to have to prepare for that day to happen. And it's easier a pill to swallow uh, if you, if you kind of go into the season knowing, okay, this might be Julio's last dance here in Atlanta. And so I, I can make peace with that. But now knowing that we may not get that opportunity um, is, has been a tough pill to swallow and it's, it's going to take me time uh, to, to really wrap my head around that.
0: Hey, well, Moss finished his career in a 49ers uniform. So I guess we could see Julio do that too. It wouldn't <laughs> be the worst thing. And then uh, all three of the greatest all time would have worn that uniform as they should. And Hey, Julio didn't have a bad run under Kyle Shanahan as an offensive coordinator for a couple years there in 2015 and 2016 either. Yeah, you look. If we're talking
2: about good places for Julio to show up uh, and where he would be in good hands, I think San Francisco is is near the top of that list for obvious reasons. I I don't necessarily want to do favors for the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan at at this point in time, (laughs) but um, you know, if if that's the case, you know, I will be happy for Julio, but not so happy for the Falcons.
0: Okay, so there's a lot to take away from just that one excerpt and and so much more that Aaron talks about in that episode of Peacock and Williams, an NFL show. Go find it wherever you find your podcasts. One big one that I know 49ers fans listening to this show are just chomping at the bit to say, and it's not including Terrell Owens. So I I know that Terrell belongs in that conversation as well. Rice Moss Owens to me right now is 123 Megatron four. Where's Julio? Is he five? Could he be in that top three as as Matt and Aaron were talking about? But the other I mean, there's there's more, but also the anguish. It's like this is a superstar Hall of Fame caliber player that is a that Falcons fans love. And like they don't love giving up on this guy. That that part of it, you could really tell in Aaron Freeman's voice. He's like, oh, yeah, I guess I got to prepare that this is actually
1: going to happen. I think that's the toughest part, right? Like if you if ex- expect it to happen, like, and you know, like you said, like we have a chance to kind of accept it and know like this is the last time we'll get to see them, you know, okay, we can make peace with that. But for it all the just, all of a sudden you find out right before the draft, right before the draft that they're open to getting rid of them, to clear up cap space at that. And now you have to do away with probably the best player in your franchise's history. That's that's pretty tough.
0: He's still only 32 years old. I mean, we saw Rice for 10 more years in the NFL when he was 32. And we didn't see much of Randy Moss, though, which is sort of the thing. I was like, okay, that's why I asked him. I was like, you know, what exactly are you getting? How bad were these injuries? Because Randy Moss was starting to get pretty washed when he was 32 years old. Megatron had already retired at this point in his career. Jerry Rice played for ten more years. Owens played for a long time in the NFL. Owens looks like he'd go out there and play right now. So there's a there's a big gap in what you could still get rest of career for Julio Jones. But how great he has been, and and how good he still is when he's on the field, and yards per route run ranked in the top three, I think, in the NFL even last year with some of his injuries. And when you hear Aaron Freeman talk about well, twelve to fourteen hundred yards this year, maybe a thousand yards next year, and the year after that giving up a second round pick plus. I mean, it's hard to say no to that if you're a 49ers fan, right?
1: Well, I think especially if you're the 49ers, you know what you're getting with him. You know, the biggest issue with Ayuk and Debo is not that they're not talented or that they're not good, but you still don't know what you're getting. You know, 49ers haven't had a thousand yard receiver since Anquan Bowden, right? Uh, Yeah. Wait. yeah, yeah. This is Anquan like a
0: rich man's version of what you were getting with Anquan Bolden, too, because he's still got a lot more athleticism than Anquan Bolden had at the time.
1: And remember, remember when Anquan Bolden got traded? I think I saw this stat on Twitter recently. He was like 33 years old when he got traded to the 49ers and had multiple thousand yard seasons. I think Julio is still more physically gifted than Anquan Bolden mm-hmm. ever was. Like, he's still able to move and play at a really high level. So, you know, now you have to give up more for that, right? Because the 49ers got Anquan Boldin for a six-round pick. Six, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, just in the sense of, like, what you're getting from Julio, you know exactly what it is, and he is your wide receiver one. And that allows Debo and Ike to kind of find themselves just like really has been able to do with Atlanta. Like, really has kind of turned into a guy where it's like, okay, I can be this guy. I don't have to be the guy right now. I can learn to play off of Julio and learn from him. And then when the time comes, Julio's gone. Now Ridley is ready to take over as that wide receiver guy, that wide receiver one guy. Um, I think Julio can make that transition a little bit smoother for the receivers of 49ers already have in-house.
0: Yeah, I think uh, looking at Anquan and how his career ended, he ended up playing four more years, three for the Niners, showed up in, in his age 33 season in 2013, then played one more year with Detroit at age 36 in 2016. But had those back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons and yeah Julio's still bigger and faster than Anquan Bolden, as much of a beast as Anquan Bolden was. I remember stories of Bolden his rookie year. Because remember he ended, he was a quarterback at first at Florida State, then became mm-hmm. a wide receiver and was was hugely productive as a wide receiver for Florida State, but you know, ran like a four seven. He ran like yeah. a really bad 40 time at the combine. And I remember uh, there was a scout or our GM, I can't remember who it was that said that they were on the field when Anquan Bolden was running his 40, whether it was at the Combine or at his pro day, he said he literally thought it was a horse. It was the loudest he'd ever heard somebody run. He could hear his feet against the ground. like he, like he, The power that Anquan Bolden brought with him is something just completely different. Like He's just a different dude, but Julio, and that's part of why I think he's had some foot injuries and some lower body injuries, Debo does the same thing, is they bring a lot of just... Uh, power with their stride and with their with their body they're they're explosive but they're big and powerful on top of it so there is some correlations there with those guys
1: yeah and julio very powerful guy and you know we we know what a few years ago he had that jones fracture fracture julio is a guy who gets tagged with all these injuries but he not really hurt oh i mean like he plays yeah but he plays like, through a lot of- up
0: yeah, he's played through a lot of pain. I know as a fantasy football guy and I've had Julio Jones and it's like there's like there's game a lot of game time decisions and doesn't practice all week. And then there's been some games where he's going to play and then he kind of just doesn't really play that game. Or he's not quite the same Julio, but he was in the lineup and, and played through some stuff. By the way, Jones fracture, how did you not see that coming? It's named after him.
1: <laughs> right and yeah I mean that that's something that you know usually takes guys you know a little while to kind of recover from but you know Trent Taylor he he missed a whole year because of that injury with all his setbacks he had with the infections and stuff like that Julio and I've gotten this tweet you know in, in response to him everybody again they, they they point to the the injuries and stuff but when you look at the numbers and the, and the amount of games played and and missed You know, is eight games over the last three years, and seven were last season. So it's not a guy that misses a ton of games. He's playing a whole lot. He's extremely productive outside of just last year. If you know, now are the injuries going to start to happen more because he's older? That's the question you're going to have to ask yourself. And Mm -hmm. are you willing to kind of gamble with that? But I'd say for somebody who has relatively been healthy enough to play and has been extremely productive, I I I'd gamble on that one.
0: Yeah. Uh he he started sixteen, fourteen, sixteen, sixteen, fifteen games over a five year stretch before last year only playing nine and games in the hamstring.
1: Even in the games where he I mean the seasons where he you know had fourteen he played fourteen games. What's his yardage? What's his production?
0: I'm glad you asked because the he had fourteen he played fourteen games in twenty sixteen, the year that the Falcons went to the Super Bowl with offensive coordinator Kyle Shanahan. That was his second year. He played two years with Shanahan there in Atlanta, so 2015 and 2016. That was the second year. He played 14 games. He had 83 catches and 1,409 (laughs) yards and six touchdowns. And year one with Kyle Shanahan, he had 136 receptions, 1,871 yards and eight touchdowns. Uh, his, His best year of his career by far, 2015, the first year with Kyle Shanahan. So you think Julio wouldn't mind coming and playing for Kyle Shanahan? I think he'd like that a little bit.
1: I think he would too. And I remember that game uh, when the 49ers played against him in that, that first year. Because remember, they, were, they started out hot that year, like 5-0, and and they ended up missing the playoffs. But they played the 49ers that year. I believe 49ers won. I believe 49ers beat them that year. But Julio had a really good game. And I was like, dang, can you guys double him or stop him do something? He was the only guy they had. All
0: right, here we go. This was it's actually a low scoring game. November eighth, twenty fifteen, Falcons at 49ers. The Falcon or the Niners won 17 to 16 in that game. That was the Jim Tom Sula year. Uh, uh-huh. with uh yeah, that's a that's actually a nice job by Tom Sula's defense holding the Kyle Shanahan Falcons to 16 points. So score one for Jim Tom Tomsula there, getting the victory. Let me find the, uh, the box score for that game. Julio Jones, 10 catches, 137 yards.
1: Yep, I remember it. He was targeted Blaine, 17
0: times, 17 targets in that game. They were just peppering him with targets.
1: Yeah, and I think Blaine Gabbert started that game. I think that was maybe his first game that he started that year in the 49ers' one. And he it was like, okay, yep. Gabbert the GOAT. Gabbert,
0: 15 of 25, passing for 185, 185 yards, dinking and dunking <laughs> his way, uh, two touchdowns and two interceptions.
1: Wow. Yeah, but we were all excited. <laughs> oh man. All
0: right. Good stuff. Uh Julio Jones, maybe he's already a member of the 49ers by the time you hear this podcast. Maybe he is on another team and they get all of his badassness. We'll see. We'll we'll see what happens. But the more we talk about it, it's like, man, you've already spent all those first rounders like what's another second rounder? Like normally I wouldn't be into trading away all these picks and I, it's I don't think it's the way you build things long term, but Go win a dang ring, right?
1: Go go win a ring. And like I said, hopefully you can recoup that capital by trading Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. You know, if he has a good year. Jimmy Garoppolo has a good year. He's going to have a good amount of value.
0: I think he will. He, he'll be tradable for sure. And who knows, maybe even a mid-season deal. Maybe it's a mid-season deal where the Niners trade away Jimmy and bring Julio at the same time. Maybe Julio does start the season with the Falcons and they don't trade him until their season goes in the tank. Or it's another receiver. To, we saw it with Emmanuel Sanders, just a couple of years ago, depending on how the 49ers season is going, Debo and IU healthy? do they take that next step development-wise? Do you bring in a receiver? Are you comfortable maybe trading if there are offers there for Jimmy Garoppolo, if Trey Lance is ready? There, there's a lot of questions and some maneuvering that could happen beyond the early part of June. More crocked on 49ers coming up. Some jersey number changes all around the league. Well, the 49ers have an all-single-digit secondary in 2021. Got a new diet, trying to get back into shape, and something that always fits into any diet I'm trying to do can give me energy throughout the day, can be a little snack, can be a meal replacement if I need it to be. High in protein, low in sugar, that's the key. It's what you're looking for in a healthy snack, and you can find them at BuiltBar.com. High protein, low sugar, low calorie snack, you can feel good about and taste fantastic. No skimping on flavor when it comes to Built Bars. They're the best tasting protein bar on the market, but they are healthy too, which is exactly what I have a feeling you're looking for. And if you're not sure exactly which flavor to try, or you haven't tried them all, and you just want more flavors, build yourself a box of Built Bars, or maybe find one of their limited edition flavors that can pop up at any time. Many bars have only 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Even good for a keto diet. And best of all, you can save 15% using promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. Just go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. RockAuto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Convenient self-service at RockAuto.com where you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, jumper cables, even new carpet for your classic cars, your daily driver. Get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers alike. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. You know what, Croc? Thinking more about this Julio trade, it's crazy. The Falcons might get the same return for Julio Jones as they got for Muhammad Sanu.
1: Yeah. Doesn't feel right doesn't feel
0: right doesn't feel right at all doesn't feel right but i was blown away that the niners got anquan bolden for a six-round pick it was like how it's like yes please how did they pull that off
1: i didn't know if maybe there was a little bit of brother love going on right there right you had hardball trading the hardball yeah, I, I know bet. that has something I to do with it there
0: was a lot of that there had to be some of that because they just beating you in the super bowl right and he was um uh, like anquan was still playing really good ball
1: he was but still 33 years old like they're, they're, they're still that that part of it that you can't ignore. Yeah. And maybe maybe even Baltimore, maybe they were trying to get under the cap. Maybe they didn't feel like, yeah, you know, was a part maybe they it. thought he was on a decline. And I mean, shoot, he went to the 49ers. And was it his first game where he had like 200 yards against the Packers? Was yeah. that his first game I as think a Niners?
0: It was one of the first games. Yeah. He came on like gangbusters right away.
1: Yeah. What
0: do you think, Kwaski T? He said on Twitter, Jukwaski Tart, time to make a push for number six. He's talking about a sixth. Lombardi trophy are you talking about changing his jersey number to six what about all single digits for the 49ers starting cornerback unit we already had Verrett go to number two we had Emmanuel Mosley go to number four right mm-hmm. uh who else I think uh I think Kwan's number one now right
1: J- Jimmy Ward oh Jimmy Ward's number one what did K1 did k1 change his number Nah, I think well, you know, I don't even know if he talks, so he probably didn't even go in there to open his mouth to change his number. <laughs> you know, they call him shark. Shark. Have you seen yeah. him do his little that's why he does this? Yeah. We got a like, shark and a hyena
0: at? on defense now.
1: Yeah, we got a shark and a hyena. So um I think he's just a quiet moving guy. I don't know if he even went in there and was like, I don't want to trade my number, change my number. But Jimmy Ward, him and Debo Samuel went in into the office and they both were kind of trying to jockey for, to get the number one. And Jimmy Ward won that. Maybe he got that with you know a little bit of seniority right
0: there. Yeah, I think seniority. Plus, he has more money to buy all his old jerseys because there's probably a lot of Debo Samuel 19 jerseys on racks that he would have to buy back right now.
1: I, I would assume, and no disrespect towards Jimmy Ward, but I would assume there's probably more printed Debo Samuel jerseys than Jimmy Ward jerseys. Yeah,
0: just by, just by the nature of a younger player that's a wide receiver rather than a, a safety
1: yeah, but number one, I might buy that. I'm like I'm that. coming along
0: on on these single digit numbers. Here's well, so there's there's a few things I don't like. The big guys having single digit numbers, even though it looks better. I saw from the Cardinals, Isaiah Simmons, their first round pick last year. He was wearing like 48. That looked bad. He looked really bad last year on the field. Mm-hmm. His number didn't work. I think he's changing to number six. I think that's a really good move on his part.
1: Yeah, but uh, six is just not my favorite number. And I wore number six and I hated it. Really. Yeah, there was something about it, but I flipped it and I did this whole like six god thing. Uh, Drake says he's six god from Toronto. I don't know what it has to do with that, but I wore number six and um, I made it look as good as I possibly could, but that was not a number that I would have ever chosen. It's actually one of my least favorite single digit numbers. Wow. Were you wearing number six when you did this?
0: He's got all kinds of time. He goes backside picked off.
1: <laughs> I was wearing number two.
0: Ball in
1: that time made a great catch yeah I, I was wearing number two at that time and i loved
0: wearing number two you didn't take it back to the house because that's what's like you're gonna you're gonna return it for a touchdown that's where you get the number six right because it's a pick six yeah, i would like that six. number if that's your thing
1: i almost but man like this receiver came out of nowhere i'm like dude why are you carter my guy carter um and i'm still in communication with him but i'm like why are you trying so hard like let me run to the end zone dude like i, I thought i was free. Oh man. Why are you hustling so much, man?
0: <laughs> what was the biggest difference in in arena getting used to that style of play?
1: Oh man, I mean, just kind of the, the angles and the timing of everything is just way different. So there was a, I mean, I had to go through multiple transitions, right? I, I came from the outdoor game to working on a totally different game. Where I you know I played my last college football game in what November, early December, and then I turn around and in March I'm playing in a professional league and there was, and it's an 18-game regular season, you know, and, um, you know, I had to get ready for that. The angles were definitely more different because the, the quarterbacks, everything was based off timing, so a lot of times they would kind of float balls to a certain spot. I had to get used to that instead of everything just being on a, you know, driving everything on a line. Um, guarding receivers in high motion, your pedal has to be a lot different, uh, so you have to kind of. Create more space. Stay high inside. I mean, it, it was just different. And then I went back outdoors with the with the uh Jets. And at first, I'm taking a long time, kind of getting on my break. And I'm like, man, what I'm like, why am I, I'm so used to this high motion? Yeah. And now I have to I have to slow play things a little bit more. So um, there yeah, there were definitely transitions. Um, just playing the two different games between the size of the field, the spacing, the high motion, all that. I stuff. feel it like can the be wall, really
0: confusing. the wall would screw with me too on the boundary because like even when i played uh baseball when i played outfield like you have the warning tracks you kind of know it's coming but it always kind of weirded me out if you didn't really have it well timed or it was a, a field you weren't used to playing on when you got close to the wall like where's the wall where's the wall and uh it, you know in football you're you can't even pay attention you don't have that much time like on a pop fly to go find where you're at you've got to just be running hauling ass full speed and there's a, a freaking wall there
1: well the fans loved it because guys would flip over and and you know <laughs> <laughs> all over the wall and stuff but I tell lab. you that that, that wall is not soft I felt like one time I like dang they separated my shoulder on there I'm like gosh man this padding is not as much padding <laughs> as it should be or something I was like concrete
0: <laughs> I promised that we would get to the mailbag so I'm going to ask one question here to finish it off because we're out of time this one from Aaron he said uh is this where I'm supposed to ask questions for the podcast yes it is he tagged me on Twitter at bdpeacock you can find croc at Eric underscore Crocker. He said, uh, where are the cap comps to Trey? Is his name still a no-no? Do you avoid talking about him? No, don't avoid talking about cap. And I've heard a lot of people put cap out there for a comp for Trey. And aside from being tall and fast with a strong arm, and that's, you know, there's some similarities there. Uh, I don't think they play similar at all. And correct me if I'm wrong here, cap or uh, crock, but cap has a better fastball, stronger arm, but less touch. It comes out differently. Longer release um for Cap. And similarly, longer legs. I think top speed's better, but a much different runner, because for Cap is like getting getting out to the edge and then just run straight. For Trey Lance is a runner, he's like good inside and has good feet and and vision and runs like almost like more of a true running back and, and plays a little bit more like Cam Newton inside running the football on some on some more power type runs. So they're both tall and fast and have strong arms, but they still play extremely different. So I don't like the comp yeah. to cap at all.
1: Nah, I, I don't like it either. I, I would say cap had probably more high end traits in the sense of his arm strength and his straight line speed. Um, that was like elite. I think uh, cap was a little bit more tightly wound you know, like when he did, like you said, you yeah. know, I think what you're alluding to is Trey Lance is a little bit more elusive. Right, yeah. And I would give better, him that too. Better
0: feet, better in a short area because Cap is just a super long leg it is is like all or nothing and, and and somewhat tight in that way as a runner. But when he had the space, yeah. he just took off and, and I think he had more top speed than Lance.
1: And, and and I think Trey Lance is a little bit more of a natural thrower. It just looks more natural the way he throws it where, where Colin Kaepernick was just like a kind of like a slingshot or something. Like his arm just goes up yeah. and just goes forward. It was like and a pitcher. It really,
0: really long pitching delivery, and that's why I call it a fastball, because he threw the ball really straight, and he had a stronger arm, but much less touch. So for Trey yeah. Lance, he had better feet, both as a runner and I think in the pocket, uh, more compact release throwing the football more natural quarterback looking release for trey lance and he and he throws with more touch too so uh yeah. yeah it's it's very different, and I think the the short area stuff is just so much better for trey lance, which is why he probably has a little bit more of a high upside in operating uh from the pocket than than maybe Kaepernick did,
1: yeah, and I think just the way they they play it just looks a little bit more smoother, and I think mm-hmm. Colin Kaepernick probably had a little bit, he was probably a little bit more raw. As just a pure quarterback, and you are definitely gambling more on traits. I actually put out the question last night on Twitter. I was like, hey, you know, if if Colin Kaepernick were to come out in today's game, where would he get drafted? And there were a lot of people that were saying top 10, top five. And I think so because I think now, more so than ever, his style of play and kind of what he was and how people kind of view it now, I think they're a little more, they're a little higher on it. Even if it doesn't look great, I think people are kind of willing a little bit more willing to work with the physical tools. So you look at a guy like Josh Allen, and I think that's a good comp. Where you know maybe not the purest of you know the accuracy and things he needed to work on, but it's like, hey, we got this you know big strong arm athletic quarterback. And I think Garoppolo, I mean excuse me, Garoppolo, uh, Kaepernick was maybe even a little bit more higher in upside speed, big cannon of an arm. Maybe their arm strength is similar, but. Uh, Kaepernick has some high-end traits, but it just looked a little weird. It always looked a little weird to me.
0: Yeah, it it, it looks different. He was a unique player, just the the style of play he had. And remember, he came out of the pistol offense in Nevada, and nobody really ran that at all in the NFL. Now there's a ton of pistol concepts in the NFL, so that would be uh, much easier. But he still, because of his traits, went high in the second round. Like, he went pretty high. So he would absolutely jump into the first round, I think, now. How high in the first round? I don't know. If you put him in, let's say if you put rookie Kaepernick, and he did all the same stuff in college. You put him in the draft in Remember,
1: 2000. Remember, he was
0: a 10,000-yard 10, 10, passer, a yeah. 4,000-yard rusher. If you put him in the in the draft in the last couple of years, I think he would go somewhere after Justin Fields and before Jordan Love.
1: Yeah, I can so, see that. Per, but a lot of times, I know, feel like with quarterbacks, teams, there's like no middle ground. It's like you're either really high or you're really late in the first round. Yeah,
0: that's true. It, where, where Jordan Love went is an odd place. Not many quarterbacks go there. His yeah, between him and...
1: Him and Lamar Jackson.
0: Yeah. And Lamar Jackson was about to fall out of the first round, too, until a team went up and, and swooped him. Right. The Ravens. So yeah. I think we're we're seeing eye to eye there on the cap Eval and the Trey Lance Eval.
1: Yep. I it's like true. Trey Lance. Like what I'm hearing too out of camp. You know, I, I would I would suggest everybody just kind of understand, you know, this is a rookie. There's going to be somewhat of a transition, but You know, how quickly can he catch on? And, you know, when will this be a competition, if at all? I think that's the one thing that we're kind of waiting to hear from. Because right now it's not a competition. Right now Garoppolo is the guy. He's the number
0: two, but he's taking a lot of reps. Apparently uh, Sudfeld and Rosen aren't getting any reps in practice because they're all going to Garoppolo and Trey Lance, which is probably the way it should be. So get that guy developed and we'll actually see. And I'm not counting, you know what his completion percentage is in practice right now in May. And I know some people are, and I'm not looking for that. We will do that in the preseason. But right now, I just want to see, you know, how he looks. Make sure it's not too big for him. Make sure he's, uh, you know, there upstairs. I think that's the the first part of this whole thing. And, yeah, don't expect too much. And be pleasantly surprised when he is ready, if he is ready during his rookie season. But I can't wait for camp, and I can't wait for those preseason games to see a lot more of him on the field. That'll be fun.
1: Yeah, man, those are going to be huge.
0: And we'll have it all covered for you. Right here, daily at Locked On 49ers.